But what's the general rule for tapering? Because I feel like we have the tapers like down pat, yeah. like the last week of training. Um, in saying that, you, I'm hoping that you're with a coach and that you've done all the right preparation up to that because so many age groupers want to go flat out race week. That is not the time to test no. yourself. I would say the biggest um, thing to think about on race week is not leaving your race in your training. Like taper week is not the time to get out there you know, because you're out riding on, on the course and you feel there's fast, other people out race there. Wheels on. Yeah. And like hammering, like, don't do that. Welcome to the Beck and Siri show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Avet came here from Team Sirius. This week on the show, Beck and Suri take us through the benefits of the Team Sirius swim block and also the Team Sirius taper plan. And they also answer member Q&A. And uh, don't forget, if you want to join these chats live, you can actually join up to the club for free for a month at the moment till the end of September. So the link, are in, the link is in the show notes or you can go to teamsiriustriclub.com. Welcome to the live chat. Let's do some congratulations. And firstly, Mel, congratulations on Neil King. Amazing. He absolutely kicked ass. I know we did a 30-minute pair on the bike and run like a 133, I think, um, in Malulaba. So it's just amazing. And as Harry said, it's not about winning. But for improvement, that much of improvement is incredible. Amazing. So, Congrats, Mel Congratulations Mitchell. to um, both also of you. Also, congratulations amazing. to Jillian. Uh, uh, um, Maddie's athlete went 11 minutes faster um, in her sprint, which is amazing, and won her age group. Boom. 11 minutes Absolutely freaking awesome. It's insane. It's insane. And we've got Becky on and Mel on and Chris on and Nick. Hey, guys. Um, Yvonne's athletes all did PRs, including her uh, husband, Pear, who, re- who went eight hours in his Ironman. Caroline Marie, Andrea Chino, um, and Pear all had PRs, and then her athlete Janine um, got a flat tire but was on track with a five-minute PR swim, and she's about to ride like about a 450. So she flatted, and she still finished. Still so finished. She awesome. did amazing. Absolutely awesome. Oh, Jillian's on right now. We just congratulated Jillian. you, Jillian, on your sprint race. We just race. said how amazing an 11-plus-minute PR in PR. a sprint. Amazing. I'd be stoked with an 11 PR in Ironman, let alone a sprint. Like so congratulations that. to everyone who raced, um, everyone who train this week i mean i want to celebrate all the victories whether it means getting on the podium or having a pb in a race or a victory of doing something for the first time doing something you've never done before going faster than you did or being tougher than you ever were before celebrate all the victories that's how we build momentum guys um and talking about victories we did get pipped on the line but our our group got second overall at 25 clubs for the swim challenge and they're doing a third one and we're leading that yeah team serious oh that is awesome on fire hi patrice hi while siri's saying hi i'm gonna go in because we did have some questions from some members here so let's and there's neil neil we were just talking about you saying how awesome you raced this weekend congrats Congratulations. You and Mel say, make such an amazing team, and we're just so proud of you both. So awesome, awesome job out there. Let's hear how it was to race, you guys. Those yeah, of you that did weird. get out there and were able to race, how was it? Um, you know, I bet there was just, I can only imagine that the 
atmosphere was one of, of deep gratitude of just being able to be out there and to have a race to race and to be able to have that camaraderie and the excitement and the inspiration. Um, but hopefully that really helped fuel the fire as well. Oh my God, this is a huge breakthrough. This needs to be like a testament. Susie, okay, you guys remember about a month ago, Susie, yes. let, me tell, let me tell them how long ago it was. I can't remember, but it's about a month ago. Couldn't even swim. I think she could just make one lap. She just swam 48 minutes non-stop. Oh, my God. That's insane. Five weeks of training. <laughs> that is amazing. Congratulations. That is freaking I need a amazing. Oh, my God. Absolutely Susie, you got to tell us how good that feels. Like, oh, my God. That's amazing. Uh, unbelievable. And I want to say Ooh. I ran 5K. More continuous 3.4 miles. miles with my wife, who was kind enough to jog with me very, very it slowly. It was actually really good for me. It's always good to go very easy sometimes, and it still wasn't that easy because I have very bad plantar fasciitis right now. And thank God to our trigger gun because I could barely walk most mornings, and it was great to go. It was, easy. and every single moment was pure bliss. And this is where, you know, it made me think I used to always worry about what pace I was holding and, and, you know, I wouldn't be happy unless I was holding a pace that I thought was good enough. But now, you know, I'm running like 11 minute 30 to 12 minute miles, but it's pure bliss because I'm just doing what I love. And it's not about how fast I go or how quick I get around, you know, a certain distance. It's about being alive and moving and, and having the energy to run 3.4 miles and to spend that time with my wife. It's an absolute gift. We get to swim, bike, and run. We get to be fit. We get to work hard. We get to do these things. It's a gift, and it's something to celebrate every single day. Unreal. And Susie just said she's signing up for her first triathlon this weekend. Oh, so let us know where it yay. is so we can tune in and just cheer for you and think of you. That is so cool. I, I'm surprised amazing. there's a triathlon on, but I'm glad that they're yes. bringing them back. That yeah. is awesome. Yep. Absolutely awesome. Yep. And, um, okay, so we have a quick question. So keep them coming if you have some more questions, you guys. But right now, Mike, um, I'm glad Mel Mitchell really ch chimed in and answered all his questions about a certain session. And sometimes we just assume that people understand our terminology. And I remember Susie had the same thing starting our swim. Some people might not even know that the pool length can be 25 metres or 25 yards or 50 metres or 50 Oh, there's no such thing as 50 yards, but 50 meters. So that's just things that we assume. So we definitely need to come back to that beginner mindset sometimes. So thank you, Mel, for helping Mike um, explain that. But Mike is asking, what about the swim block? What's it like? So Siri created this and it, I just looked at it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. It's pretty tough, um, but it's amazing. Um, it's a four-week swim block and Siri's going to explain a little bit more, but you are asking a watch or no watch. You do not wear a watch, no watch. while you swim because it's like wearing a TV on your wrist and it ruins everything and you just shouldn't be wearing one when you swim you don't see michael phelps wearing one or any good swimmers use a clock have a stopwatch on your water bottle i tie it around my water bottle i tape it to my water bottle um or have it sitting up against my water bottle and have it on stopwatch and that's your watch and you were asking about counting how do you keep count you count like a swimmer you've got to change your mindset to be a swimmer when you're swimming and work and train and think like a swimmer that will help you become a better swimmer too because it's all about mindset. So you need to think like a swimmer thinks. So you need to look at the pace, look at the clock, know what you're coming in on, know what you've got to leave on, know what two-minute cycle means, know what time you come in per 100. Like you have to understand and start swimming like a swimmer and thinking like a swimmer. But maybe the thing is how do we learn to think like a swimmer? So basically how do you count, you know, each length as, as – and 
this may be real beginner, but you know, one length is 25 meters, two lengths is 50 meters, three lengths is 75, four lengths is 100. Um, if you are going to swim a 400, that's 16 lengths. So what you would do is each length, you'd say, okay, he this is one, exactly, yeah. this is two, this is, I know, but some people don't. Okay. And this is one, this is two, this is three, this is four. And you keep count as a swimmer. You have to keep count because you are in charge of knowing how far you've gone and following the clock. You're always going like Beck says, you have the stopwatch or you have the clock on the wall that shows the second hand. And if your interval says 10 fifties on one minute, that means that every time the clock hits one minute, you are leaving again it for that next effort. It doesn't mean you take a minute rest, but I no. think for new swimmers, that's going to be obviously way too fast. But if Siri's giving us a set, we do 10, say 10 fifties warm up on a minute and we know we're leaving every minute, but it doesn't mean you take a minute rest. So you've got to understand like how to read the program. That's why we're here to help you. So Thank you for explaining that, Siri. So, yeah, one thing would be learn to count. Um, don't wear a Garmin because your Garmin is always off anyway, and it's like wearing like It's going to mess with your rhythm, too. Yeah, it's like wearing a TV on your yes. like on your on your wrist. Um, and then towel strength, um, we did explain that in the swim block. All it is is you tie a towel around your um, ankles for strength. And if you if you haven't been swimming that long, then I would say using an eenie buoy because you said you had that option would be a better option to start with. So get an eenie buoy. Um, and use that with a band to start with. And then when you want to start getting stronger, you can start um, putting water in the eenie buoy as well. And that can make it a little bit harder. And then by the second or third week, you might want to fill the whole half side of the eenie buoy with water and use a band. But always use a band too, just to keep you more still. And that's you can use a band kind of like that too. And with the towel, you're not actually wrapping the towel around your ankles. You're wrapping the towel around the band, okay? Mm -hmm. So you tie the towel, you make it wet, tie the towel around the band and put the band around your ankles and then you've got all this extra weight to pull. It's going to yep. help build your strength. It's going to, it's just so incredibly good for you, but start easy, start, well, it's not easy, yeah. but start with just maybe 425s band towel and see how that goes and it's then build really up. really hard if you've got not a great position, you're not used to swimming. So I would say if you're really new to this or a new swimmer and haven't done any band-only work, like hopefully you've been following our program. So you've done some band-only, you know about getting your body position good, eyes down, feet up, um, and fast stroke rate, and then move to the band-only. After you move to the band-only, try uh, pool boy full of water with a band and then go to the band and towel with no buoy. I'll go band towel with a buoy and then try band towel, with band a towel without a buoy. And that's going to be really hard. Like I could barely do more of like 400 for me was a real struggle with band towel. So yeah. you always want to start with just 25. Band towel with a buoy. And Mel Mitchell is asking what size towel. Um, you can Mel, start. Mel, you'd be using a full beach towel. You yeah. Would. You can but start with a smaller towel. Like a and towel obviously yeah. it's, it, it's it, the level of how strong you are. Start with a small tea towel and build up to like a proper, um, you know, bath towel. Yep. Um, so depending on how strong you are, but start with a small dish towel and that should be perfect. Yep. Exactly. Hope that helps. And the Eenie Buoy is a great, um, a great way to do it too. And it still keeps you um, a little buoyant. So I would start with the Eenie Buoy if you can start with something and it will start with the pool buoy at least to start with before you try doing just a towel and band. Although Siri used to just throw Mary Carmen in and tell her to do it yeah. without any practice. And she did, and she did a great it. job. Yeah. And she now she so I'm going to quickly go through just one week of the swim block for you guys. Cause a lot of people have asked about this. So when Siri, wrote this it isn't just swimming because she has um, added in spiced up with a little bit of biking and running as well because of course you want to maintain that so you want to do 
one or two of those as well. So, for example, week one, um, the first swim. Now, some of the swims are based on time. So he was also asking about what if you're only 45 minutes. I would like cut the warm-up in half and cut the warm down to like 100 easy. That's it. Just do 100 easy warm down to get rid of your lactate. Um, and just always try and get the main set in, the main chunk of the workout because yeah. that's your key there. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever you need more work with. Like if you're not very good at pull buoy band swimming and you only have 45 minutes, don't cut out the pull buoy band set. Make sure that that is the set that you definitely get done. Yeah. Um, so like the first week of the swim block, for example, um, it's pretty tough. It's like a 3K swim with the 2050s, one hard, one easy. On uh, First one's on 10 seconds rest and the second one's on 20. So then the, then Tuesday would be a fartlek run, so you're adding a bit of spice for the run. Swim towel strength on Tuesday night, 3K. Wednesday is... Uh, an hour bike strength session, which is just beautiful because she's adding in a little bit of fartlek for the run, keep that spice in it, and then a bit of strength on the bike. Um, then the swim 25s after, because the 25s shouldn't really be an overly high-intensity, high-aerobic session. It, it sounds crazy, but it actually isn't necessarily because is you get more rest. But if you're new to it, it could be quite hard. So yeah, I think it's pretty pretty darn hard. I, yeah. find, I love it. I don't oh, really? find it hard at all. Yeah. I love it. Seriously, give me 100 of them. I love doing it. It got your stroke rate up. But, yeah, so 25s after that, you could usually do the swim second because it, you're recovering your legs. And then Thursdays, uh, another 200 set, great 200 set. Um, three and a half k swim with an easy optional run with hills for strength. So you've done front leg and strength, and you've done strength on the bike. Friday's a day off. Tuesday's a uh, bike with a little bit of spice, just more aerobic. Sunday long run, and then six three hundred sets. So this is amazing, just for a week one, three k swim. So the four swims in the first week, and that's very normal for most age group, top age group athletes or full time pros. We would do at least you know maybe even seven maybe nine swim series to do 10 but four swims would be for a swim block you want to be doing like at least four in your first week so that's kind of how it goes and i would just do the core 45 minutes and if you're someone who just started swimming like susie um susie in the beginning of your swim block we told you you just do what you can on each day and now she's up to 45 minutes straight of swimming which is absolutely incredible but take this and adjust it to your level. Challenge yourself to go beyond what you think you can, but also don't do too much where you're in the pool for four hours trying to get a 3K yeah. swim set done. Yeah. So that's something we can help you with if you have questions with that. But Susie, you did an amazing job of just building Unreal. up at your pace, and that was awesome. So um, Mike just got on late, and we just answered his question. So I'm sorry, Mikey, you're going to have to rewind it and listen again so we don't go over it again. But we did just answer all of your questions about the towel about what the the key part of the 45 minute of the session you should be doing and all of that and i went over a couple of the workouts so just do a little rewind when and most done. importantly embrace the swim block guys if yeah. you're not someone who loves swimming don't dread going to the pool every day understand that this is going to empower you this is going to make you a better swimmer this is going to make you even fitter for the bike and the run like this swim block is such a gift i have seen it over my 20 years of coaching lead to athletes making such tremendous progress. Every single world champion I've ever coached has, has gone through at least one, usually two to three swim blocks a year. It and works. even the swimmers. And, and the swimmers. Leanda Cave, I put through a swim block. Okay, explain uh, why. Swallow. Explain why, because I know why, but a lot of us that have athletes that call themselves swimmers 
And um, they say, well, I don't want to do a swim block. I swim's my strength. I don't need to focus on that. I totally disagree. And I want you to explain why. Because someone else, one of the coaches just said that to us the other day. So number one, if the swim is your strength, I want it to be even more of a weapon. Like Leanda Cave was an amazing swimmer, but I didn't want her to just be in the front pack. I wanted her to be able to break away from the front pack. I wanted her to be able to swim a race in the front pack with very little effort because she was swimming that well. So we want it to be your weapon. We want to take advantage of that. But more importantly, for me, the reason why I do it is that it makes you so incredibly fit without the pounding, without the risk of injuring, you know, by doing too much biking or too much running. It makes you so fit and that fitness translates to the bike and the run. While also, you know, it's training your your mental toughness, it's Mm -hmm. training your mindset. You know, there are so many things you can do during the swim that don't just help your swim, but help every aspect of what racing and becoming your very best self is all about. I agree. And I think two things I would add was that, um, I don't know if you've mentioned this, but one that we always used to say was that the fitter you are in the swim, and you can always improve your fitness, no matter how good a freaking swim you are. Like Leander went to a new level. She'd get on the bike and she'd be gone. Like off the front because, and for me too, my fitness on the bike was so much better because I came out of the swim way less exhausted. Yes. So even if she didn't necessarily have to break away in the swim, she could just sit there. She's sitting there at a way lower heart rate because she's so aerobically fit. She gets on the bike and she just go. So that's another one. And then the other one, what was I going to say for the second one? I can't quite remember. And you may be a great swimmer, but not a great open water swimmer. And you don't have to swim open water to become a great open water swimmer. You know, we do things when we have camps or when I have all my athletes in town where we are mimicking what it feels like to be in the open water in a race. You know, having four people in one lane side by side swimming against e- each other and creating that same kind of like nervousness oh, and panic. I did not like um, that. <laughs> accelerating in and out of the flip turn to um, simulate in a race, accelerating into the buoy and accelerating out of the buoy. So mm-hmm. be creative. Use your mind to try and mimic what you're going to get in a race mm-hmm. in the pool. And a lot of our sessions with the fart leg and the deep water starts all do that. Oh, one thing I was going to say, Siri, and I've said this before, and most people know this, but I'll reiterate it, is that your heart and lungs that work for you have no idea what exercise you're doing. They just know that your your heart's getting fitter and stronger and you're doing some sort of cardiovascular workout. So people freak out, oh, if I can't run for two weeks, oh, I'm going to lose all my run fitness. That's BS because your cardio conditioning, if you're doing our swims or your Siri puts you on a swim block and you do no running for even eight weeks, like you may lose the feel and you may lose that um, for that muscular days. kind of endurance because you're not getting the weight bearing, but your cardiovascular fitness is not going to lose. You're not going to lose any in two weeks, no. maybe not any in four, but in eight weeks, you may lose a tiny, tiny bit, but it's more the feel and the weight bearing that you're going to lose. You're not going to lose cardiovascular fitness because your heart doesn't know what exercise you're doing. So when we had our girls that were on, some of them are on here are doing their 21 sessions in a row, 21 days nonstop. Those workouts can be done on any piece of equipment. It doesn't matter. It's all about what your heart rate's doing. So you're working your strength in the swim. You can do that with equipment. You're working speed. You're working endurance. You're working speed endurance. You're working threshold. You're working lactate threshold. You're working everything. And that that is working your whole aerobic engine across all three disciplines. And it doesn't matter what machine. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Beck. That's so incredibly important. And what you find often is that after the swim block, 
people are biking and running better than they ever have. And I think that that's because you've not only kept your aerobic fitness and worked every single aspect of physical training, but you've missed, you know, being able to bike as much as you want or being able to run as much as you want. And you're so excited to be back at it. And you have that fitness to support that enthusiasm. And it leads to you just biking and running even better than before. And I'm sure a lot of my athletes, if they're on here, can attest to that. Oh, absolutely. Okay, now Susie has a question, Sue. Can you explain why pool and open water is so different? Is it mostly psychological? Um, that's a great question. But That's yeah. a great question. Well, just think about it. I mean, you no longer will have two lane ropes on either side of you. You're in a big, open, you know, body of water. And not just that, but you've got, you know, 100 other people right up against you the gun goes off you're all taking off and swimming and you've got people climbing around you like like this is the reality of a swim start um so you it's physical and mentally different physically and mentally different for that we train you as much as we can to perfect as far as preparing you for that big huge body of open water that's something that you know you do need to do some open water swimming just to get used to being out there without lane ropes. But everything else, we can simulate the nervousness, the anxiety. Okay, let's give some examples. So I'll give an example for siding. So you can practice siding, and we I don't often include that, but I in the warm-up you should do it, where you're like lifting your head up to look and you're still breathing. So when we practice siding, you lift and you just lift two eyes up, but you incorporate it into your breath. You don't try and lift and breathe. A lot of people have trouble with siding because they try and breathe to the front. You shouldn't change the rhythm. You literally put your head up and still breathe to the side. So that's one way you can practice in the pool. So what about yeah. anxiety? We've got lots of sessions we have. That well, help so that. what I do, and if you could just get a few of your friends to come along and do this with you, and line you up Throw with... your pool boy at their head and dunk them at the same time. <laughs> no. <laughs> but nice try. Um, but put like two or three people in one lane. We used to have four. Okay. Come on, don't be yeah, soft now. I know. I hate it. I'd, okay. I'd hate it because I always whack my finger on the lane rope and I always break it. And one day I hit Mary Beth Ellis so loud, I remember she stood up and screamed. And so I, that's the only reason I hated it. I know. But yeah. it was very race-like. It's, so it's so terrifying. Two to four people in one lane. And what we would do is we would do five minutes worth of treading water even if you're in the shallow end you start by all four of you or three of you are treading water and i yell go and you sprint for 15 meters as hard as you can go 15 meters and you've got people on either side of you and then you stop and you're not allowed to touch the ground so you're still treading water sculling turn around the other way and you come back 15 meters as hard as you can go with people on each side and then i'd have people switch positions so that you're in the middle or on the you're, side sometimes you're on the side and sometimes you get you're in the middle like you just and you just have to deal with it and it's very nerve-wracking you can ask mary carmen she used to <laughs> hate this but she got really good at it because you get used to having people beside you and having to kind of you know get into a rhythm with the per- person beside you and the sighting um so that's probably the best way to do it practicing um, drafting Practicing drafting, sitting yep. on feet, practicing um, the fart leg stuff that we give you, which we love. I'll tell you what it is. So usually we do 1,000 to 2,000 meters. And it's 25 fast, 75 easy, 50 fast, 50 easy, 25 fast, 75 easy, 100 fast, 100 easy, or changing pace if it's a warm-up, up-tempo. And that is like, especially in packs when you're trying to get around the buoy or get on quicker feet or jump to another pack or a quicker swimmer comes past. Like that fart leg stuff is so good for your swim. Yeah, it's amazing. And also, I mean, I am one to love, 
you know, if you're going to race an Olympic distance triathlon in a month, you know, I'll say, okay, 1500 meter time trial. No warm-up, you're actually, you're actually right. Oh, I'd be more 2K. likely to say 2K time so trial mean. to make it longer than what you're going to do in a race so that when you accomplish that and you're at race pace for 2,000 meters, you're going to think, well, of course I can do 1,500 meters. I just yep. did 2,000 meters the other day. Ellie Salthouse used to love that. And I used to give Siri the bird when she gave us that. I hated it because I always wanted to warm up. I was getting older and I needed warming up. Susie's asking what's that's drafting. A, that's great because you know what? She This is great to know because we just assume people know what drafting yes. is. So, so tell them, Siri, what drafting so is. So drafting is... Um, I love that she doesn't know because it means she's not willing to yeah. cheat in the race. Yeah. So that's good. Amazing. It's good that you don't know it's really good. So drafting, <laughs> Susie, means, okay, when for swim, you... For the swim. For the swim. When you get on someone's feet and you stay as close to their feet, I used to always say to oh, my guys, nibble, nibble their on their toes, toenails. Nibble, their nibble on their toenails. <laughs> That's how close you want to get because you will literally be pulled along and you'll swim... Same as on the bike. You'll swim quicker with less you're, effort. You're honestly like this, Susie. Like, you're literally... Your hand should be touching their foot. Just... And it annoys people. But you will save... I remember on the bike they did tests on this and it was 30 to 40% on the bike that you're saving in energy. And I didn't even know as a junior. I just used to lead because I had no idea that it would save energy. But on the swim, it's probably the same. You're probably saving 30, 40% energy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's huge and it's a huge advantage. But you can draft anywhere. So if you're in a group of like five people, I used to always We're talking love, about the swim, right? Yes. Because you cannot draft on yeah, the bike. you can't draft on the bike. We're talking about swimming Which is only. just weird, really. That they but there's a sweet spot. I used to always try, and I would have my best swims if I got two people that were swimming faster than and me. Right up there, right? And they were side by side, and I'd go right, right in the middle between the them. It's hard to get there, though. I felt like I was just being like water skiing, like being dragged by a boat. That's how much it helped you. But you can also, no matter where you are, <laughs> if you get as close to a quicker swimmer, whether it's on their hip, or on their shoulder, on their hip, the hips or on their almost feet. better because sometimes people who kick a lot, which I do, you get the bubbles and you don't see that well. So the hip is better, but whatever, whatever yeah. you can get. So as close as you can get to a quicker swimmer, um, you're gonna get an advantage where it's gonna be a I, lot easier to swim faster. I agree with Mel though. Like I know Siri says nibble on their toes, but I freaking oh, yeah, hate it. Don't touch them. Don't yeah. touch people's feet because it pisses people yeah. off. And like if and you, you'll slow them and down. And if you want a draft, ask the person if they mind because there's nothing. Well, more. you can't. They're in the water. No, but... when you're training and practicing, oh, okay. like if you're in a pool and you're sitting up someone's butt and they're a swimmer, swimmers hate this. I hated it unless I was trying to help someone. I said just jump on my feet. Like be be courteous because there's nothing. It'd be like someone riding running behind you like a shadow. It'd be like, what the freaking hell are you doing? Or on the bike, people used to jump on Rennie's wheel all the time. And Siri would say, I don't, Siri would be really nice. But Rennie would say, I don't remember inviting you for my bike workout. But it's just dangerous because if Rennie hit a rock and, the, and then he hit the rock and took her a wheel out, like we get, so, and Ellie, same, like same thing. Siri mm, would always put yeah. their window down. So I'm really sorry, but my athletes are training their professional athletes, would you mind getting off their wheel because this this is dangerous? Like we didn't yeah. invite you to this training session. Right. So, exactly. Anyway. Just but, to finish yeah. up on the swim though, guys, um, Mel's saying don't touch the person's feet. Get as close <laughs> as you can. But the more, if you're tapping them and hitting them, you're actually going to slow them down and you're both yeah. going to swim and badly. They get pissed, yeah. So that doesn't help. So you get as close <laughs> as you can to get that draft. Again, you can get it on the shoulder, on the hip, or on their feet, or you can get between between the um, two, two people, people and yeah. a bit behind. Yep. But drafting will help you immensely. But again, like Beck says, no drafting on the bike um, unless you're racing World Cup races, which is absolutely drafting on the bike. 
but do not draft on the bike. It, it takes away from all the joy and fulfillment of giving your best effort because it's just not fair when you yep. do that. Yep. All right. So taper week for any race, like pretty much um, the last week before a race, I did almost exactly the same, no matter really what distance I was doing. Although if it was an Ironman, I wouldn't go as hard in the efforts or as long, but it's short sprint efforts. If it was a short, short race, but Sarah, you're probably better to answer this. Um, I could do the Ironman tab, but what's the general rule for tapering? Because I feel like we have the tapers like down pat, yeah. like the last week of training. Um, in saying that, you, I'm hoping that you're with a coach and that you've done all the right preparation up to that because so many age groupers want to go flat out race week. That is not the time to test no. yourself. So let's give him a quick example of I would say the biggest um, thing to think about on race week is not leaving your race in your training. Like taper week is not the time to get out there you know, because you're out riding on, on the course and you feel there's fast, other people out race there. Wheels on. Yeah. And like hammering, like, don't do that. It's, it's not okay. Um, it's, it's going to ruin you for your race. So if you have our taper plan, I would just buy our taper plan and do it exactly as it's written. You just don't want to leave everything you have for the race on the race course before race day. So it's sharpening. We do little bits on a Tuesday. If it's a Sunday race, we do short intervals. They're not flat out. It's just more like, hey, you know, I want to feel good. I want to feel my fitness. I want to feel my strength. I want to get excited. I want to visualize, you know, flowing in the race and having an amazing day. Short bursts of, of effort and that's it. So you're talking about Sunday run or Saturday bike? What are you talking about? I'm talking about Tuesday's session before oh, okay. Sunday. You, I thought you said the, week, the weekend. Yeah. So, and then the weekend before is always shorter. So you're usually our weekends are a long bike and a long run or something similar. But before a race, that is going to be much shorter. We, my pros will do maximum of a three yeah, hour long ride on stay. Saturday. And that's a maximum. With and no efforts. We just do sometimes six by five. Big just gear. easy aerobic. Big gear yeah. strength or something. Big gear strength, totally aerobic. And then Sunday, our long run is never more than one hour um, going into Sometimes sprinkle racing. in some turnovers. Um, not on a Sunday. Oh, okay. No. That's right. Um, it's been we so always long. have a day off. So if it's a Sunday race, Monday will be a day off because we want you to start the week rested. Start the week. If you're not rested by Monday or Tuesday, then you need to give yourself a day off on Wednesday. Or and it sucks having a day off Wednesday, Thursday. I feel like it's too late. You're so anxious by then. You want to do something. Yeah. So Monday day off is, and, and if your race is on a Saturday, then Sunday would be off. Mm-hmm. Monday would be your pre-race break where you're throwing in some, it's, I mean, it's short, like four by five minutes on the bike. And it's just a solid controlled race effort. Um, so four explain by five the minutes. race effort though, because the race effort is relative to the distance of the race yes. that they're racing on the weekend. So if you're doing an Olympic or a sprint, you'd do that effort. So you do your sprint pace effort. And if you're doing Ironman, it'd be that paced effort, no faster. No faster. Yeah. No faster. And that's where I'm saying, don't get excited and be like, oh, I'm just going to crush this five minute effort because no. it's just too much for race week. Yeah. We're going to keep you sharp. We're going to have you do some efforts, but they're going to be short. There's going to be nothing long that week. Um, and just uh, prepare yourself by getting, you know, the best sleep that you can get. And you reduce the week well, load to staying hydrated. You reduce usually that week to like at least, I don't know, 25% of what you're normally been doing. Like an easy aerobic ride, no more than two hours. A little bit of fartlek running on the Thursday in an open water swim, Thursday and Friday. 
and then just like honestly just pickups and stuff and like barely anything uh, Friday and Saturday before yeah. a Sunday race but keep moving always keep moving I used to feel better when I did it a little bit more like I'd ride for an hour the day before with a couple of pickups and I'd do some turnovers on the run if I could find a treadmill I'd do it on the treadmill I always felt better doing that but do a few little pickups but nothing crazy no more than like five minutes worth of pickups or something like that on the run so yeah, yeah. it's all about just maintaining feeling feel, good filling up your physical reservoir of energy and also your mental reservoir of energy so because if you're pushing hard all all week leading into a race you're not going to have enough mental um energy to get through those tough moments in the race so really taper week is all about strengthening rejuvenating maintaining your feel and getting excited to celebrate your fitness on the weekend yep and don't be surprised if you feel crappy because usually your body after a monday day off and then tuesday not doing a lot and then wednesday you're reducing you're like wednesday thursday you're like oh god i feel kind of crap like you do, you feel yucky and that's Trust normal. It. And then um, Friday, Saturday, you'll start to feel a little bit better. Even sometimes on Saturday, you may not feel great. But usually if you've done the right table, you will feel a million bucks on Sunday. Yeah. Like you should. And most of our athletes do like 99% of the time. So. And I have to say, some people feel great taper week and race great. Some people feel crappy like you. You yep. feel crappy taper week till like Thursday, and race yeah. great. So how you feel means nothing. It means nothing. It means nothing. You never trust know in the plan. Trust in the fact that we have been doing this for 20 plus years and have had incredible results. Jillian, I, I read your comment go by where you did our, our taper and you felt great. So that's awesome to hear. And Michael's doing Kansas. Oh, Kansas next weekend. Oh, I love that race. I remember winning that a while back. Um, so he's just doing that taper. So there's a t good taper for your mic. If you just Stick to that, nothing more. And there's a taper week in our training tilt for free. There's a PDF in there. It's a it's a taper week that's free. So go in there and do the taper week. It's yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yep. And Dan's talking about the taper crazies. Now, <laughs> if this is what you're talking about, Dan, um, having coached professional athletes for Phantom so many niggles. years. Phantom injuries. <laughs> Phantom niggles. Phantom injuries. <laughs> suddenly, <Sore throat. laughs> suddenly, oh my God. My quad. Oh my, my God, calf. there's something really wrong. Oh my, my God, calf. my ankle. Now I used to, I remember going into a race. I'd be, I, my mom would be there to watch my race and I'd say, oh my God, I've done something really, really horrible to my hamstring. And I'd be worrying about it for like three days going into the race and she'd be so nervous. And then I'd race and I'd have this great race and I'd be so excited. And she'd say, oh my God, how was your hamstring? And I'm like, my oh, hamstring? Didn't oh, I didn't even know about it. Yeah. So understand, I mean, sometimes there can be something real, but so often you're going to start feeling things that you didn't feel before. You're going to be sore in places you didn't, you, you've never been sore before. And you're going to start worrying. Just know mm. phantom niggles <laughs> is a thing. Okay. And don't worry about it. And the phantom like sore throat yeah. and even worse these, this, at this day and age with what's going on. But I used to get like this weird sore throat. And I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God, I'm getting a sore throat. And then it'll be nothing. Yeah. So just keep your vitamin C and your just know that that's normal. Fluid, fluid, fluid. You know, yeah. and, and I used to say that the reason why these things come up is because your body, your soul knows that you need to conserve your energy so that you have enough on the weekend. So when we have a phantom niggle or we have a phantom sore throat, it gets us to to rest. It yeah, gets us to 100%. relax. And it ensures that we're going to have all the energy we need yep. for race day. Hey, and do you want to tell them that we're planning because we are going to do a winter camp again? Yes, we are. So we're going to be very careful, but we're going to organize all the facilities and stuff as we can still January. do this. But January in the snow again, because it was so amazing last time. So 
stay tuned for our winter camp. Uh, Mary Cummer might be having her athletes come in for a day and I'm going to invite mine too. I don't know if that's happening now or not with the travel stuff, but uh, we are definitely doing It'll a January camp. The official Team Serious Tri Club camp will be, January. will be sometime in January. So if you all have a certain week in January that works best for you, let us know. Um, and we'll try and work around. Leave was um, asking what phantom niggles are. We already talked about it. So a phantom yeah. niggle is just a fake injury that you think you have an injury and you don't have one. So we call it like a phantom. I used to call Did I make that up? I, I made that up A phantom ago. niggle. It's called yeah. a phantom niggle because it's not real. And yeah. it happens typically <laughs> race week, um, you know, when you're getting really nervous to race and suddenly things start hurting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the camp will be here, guys, in Longmont, in beautiful Colorado. So... Yes, and I'm praying that hopefully Nicole might be able to tell us there could be a vaccine by then, although I don't really want to take it until it's been trialed a little bit. But, Actually, um, if there isn't a vaccine we yet, we'll do, do wait it. till February. Yeah, we were going to yeah. wait till there was a vaccine. That was one thing I was going to say because we just wanted to make sure that everyone's safe. So one time we did a camp a few years back and someone had a chest infection and infected the whole team. So we cannot have that happen. We so. are very strict about that. Yes. Yeah, yes. very strict, okay. yeah. especially now. Um, yeah, guys. So any more questions <laughs> like phantom pain when the limb is missing? It's exactly what it is. <laughs> yes. 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 Exactly. Uh, okay. One more minute. We've got one minute to ask any more questions, you guys. But I think that was a really great live chat. Yeah. And I'm so glad there's races on for our Aussie guys. That's awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Like, Good luck to those racing next weekend as well. Yep. Good luck to those that are working on becoming better at any aspect of your training, just working at getting fitter or enjoying it more, whatever it is. Good luck to all of you. We are so proud of all of you and we're inspired by each and every one of you. We love you guys. Yay. Yeah. Thank you for being on. And Dan, I loved your yoga tonight. Yes, thank, thank you, you so Dan. much. Go back and watch the four o'clock yoga guys. It's always saved in there and he has the zoom too. So it's a really good one. So make sure you guys go on there. Spouses allowed if they've been nowhere near being an athlete. Nowhere near being an athlete. So spouses can come watch if they're social distancing too. Um, we don't want to have too many of them. But, yes, yeah, sometimes we have, like, a spouse come and watch. Um, it's just as long as they're not distracting the coaches. And we can't say yes to everyone bringing every single spouse because that would make it a lot of people in one spot. Yeah. So let's wait and see um, with COVID if, if we can have spouses on there. I don't want to kind of say yes to that and make it a bit yeah. more difficult for the campers. But, yeah. To be determined. So, yep, yeah, TBD. We love you guys. Have love a great guys. night. We'll Thanks see you next week. Thanks for joining Mel Mitchell. Bye. Well, that's Cam here again. I hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget, uh, until the end of September, you can join up to the club for free. The link is in the show notes, or you can just go to teamseriestriclub.com.